everybody, welcome to podcast episode. Who cares? It's Junk Mile Show with Chip and Jeff. We've, We've lost count. Away. We've lost count. Doesn't even matter anymore, Chip. Numbers don't no. matter. Years don't matter. It is Junk Miles with Chip and Jeff. I am your co-host, Jeff. You may know my other co-host from the beloved '80s cartoon, Alvin and the Chip Chantries. Mm-hmm. It's Chip Chantry. Hi, Chip. Hey, Jeffrey. How are you? Good. How you doing, buddy? I'm I'm hanging in there. I'm I'm quarantining and feeling good about it. Drinking some green tea on a green Saturday tea. Afternoon. Yeah. Are you- I'm actually I I cannot physically do a podcast without enjoying a beer. Right. And then I just opened a beer because I just figured we were doing a podcast, and then I realized it's two o'clock, and I have kids, I have responsibilities, but it's for this very special episode that I'm very excited about. I think I can enjoy the rest of my beer. I, I, I think that's to- that's totally appropriate because we we are usually we are the night owls. Uh, you know, we usually do our podcast around eight o'clock at night. So a little day drinking is is totally. What are you drinking today? Do you remember our our old podcast, the Night Owls, with uh, Chip and Jeff? Oh yeah, it was a lot of fun just talking about. Uh, it was a hoot. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, sorry, Jeffrey. I will not. I, I'll edit that out. No one needs that. That's right. That's that's the other thing I can't can't stomach and stand up right there. No. Yeah. Uh, what are we drinking, Jeff? People, uh, just a uh, Dogfish Head sixty minute IPA. It's like the Budweiser of beers. Yeah. In my area. Yeah, the Budweiser in, beers, in yeah. my life. Uh, IPAs, uh, uh, the worst, the worst beverage out there. The IPA. That's what I. Chip hates an IPA. Yeah. You know what? Let's get our guest on Chip. Let's, and we can, let's do it. We can let's maybe talk about. Yeah. What? Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, our, our guest this week is a gentleman from the great city of Boston, Massachusetts. He started his stand-up career uh, without giving out a year, uh, the same exact time I did, basically. Um, since then, <laughs> he's toured around the country, uh, all over the place, open for some amazing comedians, who I've also opened for some of them as well. Um, he's He's got a couple albums out that are great. You should check them out. And in 2014, he started his podcast, TV Guidance Counselor. That is one of my all-time favorite podcasts, and he claims to have the largest Just the Ten of Us memorabilia collection on <laughs> Earth. Ladies Whoa. and gentlemen, Mr. Ken Reed. Hello, hello. It's not just it's not just the Ten of Us. I've confirmed also have the largest collection of My Demon Lover memorabilia as Whoa. well. Walk us through My Demon Lover real quick. Uh, new World Pictures. Not New World Pictures, I'm sorry. New Line. Um, new Line Cinema. Uh, 1986, I believe. Uh, Scott Valentine. Oh, sure. Friend of the show. Nick. Friend of mine. Nick from uh, uh, Nick from yep, Family Ties. Who I had on the show last yep. year. Apologize for the dogs. They will occasionally we, do we, this. We got them all over. So, um, okay. <clears throat> yep. Uh, yep. Nick, it is uh, in the wake of Teen Wolf. Okay. <laughs> New Line Cinema went, hey, we should have a movie with a cast member from Family mm-hmm. Ties who changes into a monster. Right. Love it. And so the plot is he's a homeless guy who turns into a demon when he gets horny. <laughs> I'm I'm sold. I'm I'm sold right there. You haven't seen it? No. And I my demon I do, I vaguely remember seeing him like looking like a lost boy. I mean that's what he kind of looked like anyway. But I feel yeah. like I I feel like I remember seeing a poster. I feel I feel like that was yeah. yeah. Chip, wasn't, the demon, wasn't Looking Like a Lost Boy your fourth comedy album? It was, Looking Like a Lost Boy. Yeah, that was it, back, back, yeah. In, back in 89, uh, right right after it came out. <laughs> that sounds like a Alana Miles B-side to Black Velvet. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, but Scott Valentine, who's an awesome dude, um, 
he I talked about that movie and he's just like, dude, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, I'm a theater actor, you know, whatever. You take a gig, a gig's a gig. And uh, he's like, you know, I was that whatever. And the, the demon monster's called the Pazatsky. Uh, I love it. Because he gets caught as a kid making out with this girl and her, her mother's like a Polish gypsy. Yeah. And she curses him with Pazatsky. And I'm like, you're a Pazatsky. He's like, yes, Pazatsky. <laughs> Pazatsky sounds was, delicious. Yeah. Is is that yeah. an actual term? Do we know? Is that a th- Or do they make that word up just for the film? As a horror movie fan uh, and a fan of sort of esoteric demonology, As um, we all are. I have not. I am not familiar with the term Pazatsky prior right. Right. to to my demon oh, lover. Yeah. I'm. I, I that's. I'm watching that this weekend. As, as, if I can find it anywhere, I'm doing that now. Uh, so so well. Thank you for for doing the podcast, Ken. Uh, your podcast, I, I love listening to your podcast, especially right now, and I want to get into this a little bit later because I think uh, I want to talk about comfort a little bit, and especially in these times. Uh, your podcast is a a warm blanket to me as I as I walk around the cold city. I listen to it every week, uh, it, and it just uh, I think a lot of us are looking for things to watch, things to listen to that just bring us comfort that we don't need anything else crazy going on. And that's what I love about it. TV guidance counselor. I love listening to it. Uh, walk the listeners through uh, how exactly is it structured and how did it come to be? Yeah, so I have more or less every issue of TV Guide magazine as a weird kid. And when um, when did that start? You see- so you literally own every physical copy of the TV Guide from like what sixty to two thousand or something? Pretty much sixty to the two thousands, but I have some going back to the forties, and then wow. some. I, I somehow have a subscription to it today that I never signed up for, so I still right. get it. Um, and it's a totally different thing now, but um. Yeah, when I was a little kid, I used to get it every week and I would read the TV guide from cover to cover, like from age like two. And I was reading the TV guide before I could talk. Uh, I didn't have a first word. The first thing I said uh, was (laughs) my mother changed the channel while I was watching something. And I said, can you put that back? I was watching it. (laughs) And she freaked out. I always joke that it was like the the scene in Poltergeist when Joe Beth Williams turns around and the chairs are stacked on the the table. It was kind of like that. And they were like, why? Why didn't you talk? And I was like, I don't know, there's nothing. I was to watching. Say. I was I watching know. TV. Yeah, I was busy. Um, so I used to read it from cover to cover, and then I used to pay for my own subscription. Um, and so every '80s and '90s issue was mine from growing up. And then I, you know, I'd buy vintage ones when I saw them. Uh, two libraries got rid of all their print periodicals. One was in Maine, and one was in Nebraska. So I took them all so i took their whole back catalogs and i had in my sort of former formal dining room which chip's been to my house so he's seen where that is uh there's i I had a big store spinning rack and i had it all tv guides in it and when people would come over the house they would inevitably gravitate towards that um and the joke i used to make about why i had them was for alibis um (laughs) but where was i on the night of june 5th while i was watching hunter i can tell you exactly what happened um but uh, when people would walk to it and they would flip through and be like, oh, remember, I forgot about this. And a uh, great comedian, Sean Sullivan, great friend of mine, was like, hey, just do that as a podcast. Because I, I kind of wanted to do one, but I didn't want to do like a, this comic's talking about comedy. Sure. All right. Yeah. Uh, or like a conspiracy theory podcast. Uh, sometimes we have the same thing. But um, yeah, so that that's pretty much it. Someone picks an old issue. They go through, they, they write down what they would watch that week in history. And then we just go through the week. It's great. It's, it's, I, uh, go ahead, Jeff. Oh no! I just want to, you know, I'm a, I'm an older gentleman. I, I need to reiterate just how important the TV guide was to my life, and 
before you know cable before you could like have the tv listings on a physical screen when the tv guide came you literally just sat there with it circling what you were going to watch on which nights it was like getting mad magazine and then the tv guide were kind of like on par with each other the excitement level of seeing them in the mail absolutely and uh speaking of conspiracy theories i do want to get into one real quickly and and that involves <laughs> ken asking jeff a certain question so jeff you did rec- so you received the, the actual tv guide every week correct in the mail yes okay uh do, do you want to do you want to put your hypothesis to use this is one of my favorite hypotheses uh in, yep. in modern history. Okay. You had a toaster in your house? Toaster, yes. Not a toaster oven, a toaster. Toaster, yeah, just a toaster. Yep. All right. Well, there you go. It works. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've found, and and the more people I've talked to, because since I started doing the show, I think I've had, geez, over 500 guests. But so it, it, it's not quite as empirically all the time now. But the coral, I don't know what the correlation is, but everyone who got the free TV week in the newspaper had a toaster oven. Whoa. And the people who purchased TV Guide had a toaster. I don't know why. The TV listings in the paper was fine, but it, it didn't have a feature on, like, Emmanuel Lewis. You know, on the cover. I've had Emmanuel Lewis on the show. Whoa! And that's actually something. That's... You've had some some great guests on the show. And then I don't know which came first, but you've also you've done a lot of Q&As for, for, for panel shows at conventions and that type of thing. How did that How did that come about? So that came out from the show absolutely mm-hmm. itself. I, it, uh, so the biggest uh, con that I used to do was Denver Pop Culture Con, which was in the the Denver arena. It was like 5,000-seat arena that I'd be interviewing people at um, basically eight hours a day for four days. Oh, <laughs> so this isn't just one. That's exhausting. That's not just like, okay, I have yeah. one show. Like you're just an ongoing situation. Yeah. Yeah, and but it was fun because you know obviously I like doing that, and um, a lot of the guests that they would get the level was much higher than I would be able to book. So the deal I always made with cons is like I can use the audio. Okay, oh, nice. oh that's great for the chats. Um, so you know that's why like episodes I've had with like Molly Ringwald mm-hmm. and Skeet Ulrich and David Tennant and Ron Perlman, you know Billy Piper, um, you know that those sorts of ones are are generally from those shows. But that was just because yeah the the people who ran the shows liked my podcast and liked how I did interviews and so asked me to do it. Um, and then once I did that one, I got asked to do other ones as well so you know i've run q a's like from a screening of goonies with sean astin and you know done a live commentary track of buckaroo bonsai with the cast members and that that kind of stuff are you are you are you doing a lot of research for 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 each of these or do you just sort of what, what angle do you take when you um yes and no so like the the one thing that was difficult is for my show the only people i would ever have on were people who I was familiar with because I liked their stuff and wanted to talk. And they also know you probably, you know, they're, they're comfortable with who you are. Yeah. 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 So I didn't really need to do any research. Um, the cons, which were, are all, you know, in before in teen when I still did them, um, they've all been really, really nice to me. And what they'll do is essentially give me their list of guests and say, just tell us who you want to do. Um, and, and normally 
like I get everyone that I wanted and then, you know, and I'm like, but you're, you know, you're flying me out, have me do whatever you want. So there's always some, there are people that I'm not that familiar with and then I'll cram, um, as much as possible to, you know, I'll try to, if possible, I'll try to watch some other interviews with them, um, and try to try to gauge what they don't clearly either answer all the time have like a stock answer for like a bit or they're clearly like zoning out and don't really <laughs> care. Um, and, and I'll try to find something that I really like genuinely like that they've done that hasn't been talked about that much. Um, or something they've done that clearly they hasn't been seen as much as they would want it to be. And that they really like to talk yeah. about just because it's boring for everybody. I've seen so many bad panels where the person doing the panel doesn't know anything. They're trying to like, just get attention and laughs themselves. <laughs> they also just kind of want to show the audience that they know stuff, even though it's not about them. <laughs> and, um, you know, when you're like, you have the person here, like get something interesting and also the, try to get them to have fun and enjoy it and get to talk about stuff. They don't talk about all the time. Um, and so that's kind of the approach that I take. Ken, are you banned at all local pub trivia contests? <laughs> no, because I know nothing about sports. <laughs> okay. And I know nothing about like, not, not well, more or less nothing about like almost everything after the year 2000. <laughs> yeah. I think like a lot of people, when they do like the pub trivia, they'll get like five of their friends and they'll each be geeks in different categories like oh, our friends it. our friends and editors so she knows literature she knows writing get ken for tv get chip you know for fish things like that exactly so the actual fish not the band no 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 chip is he's we, we've had whole shows about chip just talking about fishing in the schuylkill river just he's, yeah uh, just a huge fishing fan nothing <laughs> nothing that i can't uh that you know that i that i can't pull out of the uh the ocean i've I, I can't tell you the last time I've been fishing. I was probably seven, I'm going to say. Seven years old. <laughs> I could tell the last time I went was we used to spend our summers down in Narragansett, Rhode Island, because my, my grandmother was from there, so we could go for free, and we were poor. Um, but we, my uncles made me go deep-sea fishing with them once, oh, and they were all yeah. drunk. Um, and one of them pulled up... <laughs> A barracuda <laughs> and or I think it was a barracuda or some kind of shark. I was maybe seven. And then they made me beat it to death with a hammer while they all laughed. And uh, how old were you? Uncles are the best. Maybe seven. <sighs> Man, that is. Yeah. yeah, that's that's not. That's an uncle's yet. job, though. It really is. A, a, a it really is. Uncle's job. Get drunk and just show the kid something he's not supposed to do. Oh yeah, there was a lot of taking me to high lie and tattoo parlors, and uh, there was one. There was a tattoo parlor in Newport, Rhode Island. That uh, you may or may not know this, but in the days before you could take photographs, do you know how they displayed their work in a tattoo parlor? No, I, I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> when you died, you would <laughs> donate your skin to them, and they would tan it, and so the wall was like a wall of human skin. Mm of their work and there was like two tattoo parlors in newport that were old-timey sailor ones that literally had that that's awesome that's that's horrifying that's just uh, yeah. imagine if the place burnt down that would be yeah. uh, just a horrendous horrendous picture like just a, smell like yeah, pork yeah. picture a family in mourning they're like we're gonna go deliver flowers it's grandpa's birthday all right i'll meet you at the cemetery oh no no, no. we're going to the tattoo parlor yeah yeah, yeah, we got to see he's on the we, forearm. He promised him a. He said he'd slice him off a piece. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay. So speaking of childhood trauma, the um, 
obviously, you know, you, you, you these people talk about mostly about their childhoods on your on your podcast. And I know you've said in the past that's and I don't know if this is true for you, Jeff, but I think you, you say, Ken, about ages eight to 12, roughly, is sort of like the sweet spot of when everybody's watching TV the most. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, have you learned anything from people or have you gotten good at? Okay, this guy's coming on. He picked this episode. Like, are you good now at gauging what you think they liked, or do you does what the people say that they watch growing up has that informed them psychologically as an adult? Like, do you th- do you think that that really has has an impact? Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, there are people who, although sometimes they get it wrong. Okay, it's Steve Albini on. Okay. Um, awesome. And, oh, sorry for oh, the dog. Um, Steve is amazing. Like Steve's super smart guy, like just done so many cool things. And uh, based on his bands and stuff, which I don't know if you ever listened to his non-production stuff, but he had a band called Big Black and they had songs about like Speed Racer and like a lot of sort of pop culture stuff. Um, Based on his his work i was like oh and you were a fellow latchkey kid and he goes by that you mean my parents both worked and i was home alone from the hours between two and six and i was like yes and he's like no (laughs) so like so sometimes i get it wrong um yeah for the most part there's always something formative especially like one of the reasons i end up getting along really well with my guests and end up becoming friends with and staying friends with almost all of them which which um i didn't know was weird to like journalist friends of mine were like who are you meeting for lunch and i'm like yeah i had them on my show and they're like yeah right right Um, just a subject yeah is because like a lot of the reason those people went into um you know movies or television or even music is because they liked things Mm -hmm. they were fans you know um and so that's the kind of, so the reason I liked their work tends to be for similar reasons. And so absolutely like there are trying to think of one that comes to mind, like um, Curtis Armstrong, who's booger and revenge of the nerds. Amazing, huge Avengers fan. Mm -hmm. The, the TV show, the Avengers, the British TV show, like changed his life at that age. (laughs) We went into acting, you know, Um, or the, the one that, um, that's probably the most uh, literal is Jim Beaver, who is in Deadwood and, and mm-hmm. in um, uh, Supernatural. Jesus Christ, this is this bad. This is particularly bad today. That's, that's right. Um, Supernatural and a bunch of other stuff. He wasn't an actor. He was a writer. Like he actually was a Vietnam vet, and he was a writer, and he was obsessed with uh, Superman, the George Reeves Superman. Okay. And so he started researching a book about George Reeves and his death and all this stuff. And then he actually moved out to L.A. for a bit to interview people uh, who knew George Reeves about the book. And then by a weird series of events, became an actor. Just fell backwards into it. (laughs) Well, since I'm here, I might as well pick up a side job of acting. Yeah. Yeah. He got cast, you know, a friend cast him in a thing, and then there was a writer's strike, and I think he wrote an episode of The New Twilight. So, like, it's just this bizarre, um, you know, mixture of events, but literally all because he was just a huge fan of the 50s Superman that's, show. That's incredible. Ken, I, I got to get back to, I cannot stop thinking about what Steve Albini would have watched as a kid. I'm going to guess, and then you can tell me, okay? Okay. Um, he watched Night Flight and the McNeil Lair news report and nothing else. That's just <laughs> you'd be surprised that he was kind of college age at that time. Yeah, and he, <laughs> he he mostly watched like the same crap we all watched. Did he? Okay. Um, you know, regardless, which is which is kind of amazing. Like I had um a couple months ago, I had Jello Biafra from the Dead Kennedys on. Oh God. And 
talking to jello like he obviously watched a lot of news as a kid but he loved cop shows and he loved uh you know route 66 and like just batman 66 is his favorite thing ever yeah so like you never know you know it's 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 very strange but it's not totally out of the ordinary like when you hear it it's at first shocking but you're like oh no that actually kind of makes sense Jello's also one of the biggest collectors of, let me get this right, music from like corporation training videos. It's, oh, yeah. It's such Bath a. Bathtubs over Broadway. There you go. Bathtubs over Broadway. Chip, this is such a niche kind of collector's thing. But I believe it was a guy from Letterman or one of the TV shows put a doc together called uh, Bathtubs over Broadway, where it was just. They used to spend a lot of money, like companies back in the day, to have like corporate training. They would hire like producers, songwriters to put these elaborate films together. And then people started collecting these records they would find at like swap meets and stuff. And they're like, wow, this is actually good. So there's this like weird group of collectors. Jello's one of them. And then, you know, a bunch of other people. Um, I believe, uh, Ken, is that the name of the documentary too? Bathtubs over yeah. Broadway? Yeah, you can see the bathrooms or bathtubs yeah. over Broadway. Yeah, but Jello is a huge collector of just weird records, like anything. novelty records, yeah. just bizarre records and has been forever. And so a lot of these people have that same kind of uh, obsessive curator, um, hoarder, <laughs> um, you know, tendencies that, that I do for, for television and music and other things. So, um, you know, we end up... I've found that two things really like when people say don't meet your heroes, I'm like always meet them because (laughs) I've had nothing but great, great experiences. And two, like generally the people who create things that you like, you probably have a lot generally in common with. Sure. I would imagine. Hey, Chip, do you want to get Chip has put together a pretty, uh, pretty awesome list of topics right chip am i correct i I know you do a lot of work i kind of just glide by in this podcast chip is such a a researcher a um i don't know you're just very thorough chip you prepare for these podcasts like no one else well do we want to start with the uh our our top four our prime time thing maybe because that that kind of yeah that dovetails into that so as a very, very uh, snapshot of your show, just sort of an homage to your show, what I did was I asked everybody to pick their top one night of prime time viewing. If you had you, – you could you could program any major network pre-2000. Mm-hmm. So that would be pre-2000 from 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock. So you have two hours to work with, four half-hour slots. And it could be from any network, any time period. And it's not even the best TV. I'm not looking for the best TV. I'm just no. looking for comfort TV. Because the ones that I will tell you uh, are 100% not the greatest TV shows of all time. They're, but they're just <laughs> it's just comfort for me. Um, what would your best be? Uh, do you want to start, Jeff? Do you want me to start? Should we get Ken in here? How about Ken? Ken, no one asks you these questions, I bet. You're so used to asking everybody else. You might be happy to be like, hey, guys, I actually have some favorites, too. Right? Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd go I'd go with um, just a ten of us. <laughs> just a ten of us. Obviously. Um, probably Get a Life. Yeah. Got to get that Fox in there. I love that show. It holds up on rewatch so every time. So that's 8 o'clock, just a ten of us, 8.30. Yep. Yep, gotcha. Get a Life. 9 o'clock, we got to go with New Heart. All right, nice. The CBS series New Heart. Um, and then, well, 
see, this is where it gets a little dicey because there's hour long shows I'd like to put on, uh, which, but you only have a half hour slot. Uh, uh, we'll, left. We'll, we'll, we'll allow, we, we'll let you stay up late tonight if you want. All right. Then I'd either do Crime Story, Ooh. which was Michael Mann's, I always call it Mad Men Miami Vice with Dennis Farina, or The Misfits of Science, Whoa. which I loved. <laughs> All good picks. Was Misfits of Science a one season show? Not even a full season. Not even, and yeah. It, and it's it, it's a dumb mm-hmm. action show. I mean, in the in the NBC early '80s style, but it's also basically the X Men. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a fun show. Like I have my DVD set right there from Germany. Nice, <laughs> Chip. What would be Chip's comfort? Right. Eight o'clock to ten o'clock. And, and for better or worse, a lot of these shows have been on my rotation just during quarantine. Anyway, if I if I can find them, uh, there's some you can't, but. Uh, uh, I'm going, and again, this is not the greatest. This is just comfort. Uh, I'm going to go way back for my first one. Uh, I'm going to start with Dennis the Menace. I can watch the original Dennis the Menace from 59 to 62 or whatever it was. Uh, I just I just remember watching it as a child, loving it. Nickelodeon. Yeah, Nic- yeah, yeah Nickelodeon. And even before that, like Channel 17, the great entertainer, you know, the UHF station would have it at 2 in the afternoon when I was 4 years old. And I can almost recite these episodes from 60 <laughs> years ago. It's it's incredible. Did you have a pre- did you have a preference on which Mr. Wilson you liked? I th- I think I always enjoyed the original Mr. Wilson. I he was he was a little bit more of a curmudgeon and and by that point Dennis had kind of aged out too. He got old. He stopped wearing the overalls and it was and if you I, which I watched recently basically the whole thing, uh it's it becomes less and less about Dennis. Not that that's a big deal but there's some episodes where he's barely in there where they really put all of their eggs into the gail gordon basket to be like (laughs) we're really gonna milk this guy and dennis just sort of like runs in and trips over a lamp and then that's the only time you see him so uh there's an amazing uh, to go on a small tangent if you don't mind um there's an amazing sctv sketch from the final season of sctv where martin short plays basically Dennis the Menace and it's a fake documentary <laughs> where the show never stopped so he's been on this show for like 25 years still playing a kid and this Dennis the Menace type show but he's obviously like a full grown adult yeah, and if you've seen the movie Clifford yep I was just gonna I literally that. just watched that the the other day the movie Clifford was written based on this sketch wow. but then when they did the movie they kind of cut out the whole premise <laughs> which <laughs> makes that movie make absolutely no, no sense, sense. Uh, i watching clifford the other day for the first time i i, I love i love it so much it's i ha- but i hadn't seen it in probably 20 years it's a terrible terrible it's an awful god awful movie martin short is brilliant in it everything he does i just want to watch and just watch over and over again and it's just it's fantastic but the the movie as a whole i I could barely get through it, even though he, he was amazing. Well, Charles well, Grodin's amazing. Uh, Mary Steenburgen is, yeah. is is very charming. But they basically made a movie that was the thing they were making fun of with the original concept of the right, movie. right, yeah. And then they throw in him as as a monk at the end, or you know, as a priest or whatever. Which and they put it at the beginning, which just totally spoils the ending. I, it's it's not a it's not a not a great movie. But Martin Short is incredible in it. My, oh, and by the way, I should say I do have an honorable mention that I have to throw out there. It's such a great show, and I'm 
angry at myself that I couldn't put it on there. It, uh, I couldn't include Family Ties. I, I couldn't get it in mm-hmm. there, but that would be in there. Just another great show. Um, my second show is uh, another terrible show, but I love it. Different Strokes. I loved mm-hmm. Different Strokes so much as a 830 kid. 8.30 Different Strokes? Yeah, 8.30 Different Strokes. Uh, it changed It changed time slots a lot over a truck. It changed networks. Changed networks. Yeah. Changed networks. Yeah. Yeah, Nights yeah. of the week it changed. Uh, but yeah, so I yeah. would go with uh, with Different Strokes pre-Sam years. Pre-Sam years. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Although, course, the one where Sam gets kidnapped is... <laughs> oh, I'll, right. I'll kill your parents, Sam. I will kill your parents, it's Sam. Horrifying. He's a really... He's a really... Danny Cooksey? Yeah. Yeah, like, he's a really good actor. Like he's a really good Ken. Salute your shorts. Salute your shorts. He was so funny. Budnick. Yeah, he's in Terminator Two. Yeah, he was just had such a great acting ability for a kid. Chip, I digress. Let's get no, back. No, this, so this is what we, we need got. To talk about. Dennis. Hey, by the way, speaking of which, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll throw this out there. Uh, my 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 friend Ken Krantz, who is a comedian from uh, New Jersey, uh, he approached me recently. We're going to be doing a short run podcast soon all about different strokes and our love oh my slash hate for it because we loved it so much and it is so much garbage now that you watch it uh, again so do you know box brown from philly box brown no who's that yeah he's a he's a cartoonist oh. he won the eisner award oh, wow. he's a comic book artist okay. but he did an amazing comic book autobiography of andre the giant he did one for andy kaufman and all this stuff but his latest book is called child star and it's sort of a fictitious graphic novel about a child star mostly based on different strokes um but he's a philly guy and is a huge different strokes fan if he i will definitely i will definitely look that up uh we our big get that we would try for is would of course be uh todd bridges and mm-hmm. uh, he, uh, I, I did learn this. This was heartbreaking because I loved the show so much as a kid. I made a joke a few years ago, when, oh, like two or three years ago, when all the, the Roseanne reboot and everybody was rebooting everything. And I said, they should – and I just tweeted, not thinking. They should do a, a Different Strokes reboot and call it Just Willis because literally I think he's the only living yeah. cast member. And I was yeah. like, yeah. what Willis is yeah, talking about? what Willis about. is talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, just Willis. And <laughs> – I just threw it out there as not thinking it's just a joke. Somebody replied to it and tagged him in it. Tagged him, of course. And then he was like, I'd be up for this. And I was like, oh, my God, Todd Bridges responded to me. This is the greatest day. Didn't give it another thought. Just last month, Ken and I were going texting back and forth about it. And we're like, oh, we should try to do this. Let's try to get Todd Bridges. And I was like, oh, I made a tweet about it. And he actually responded to me. I looked it up. Todd Bridges blocked me on Twitter. (laughs) <laughs> and he must have done it right around that time and just yeah. heart i was heartbroken heartbroken that todd bridges uh the poor guy he blocked me on twitter so uh so yeah so but i still with a heavy heart i'm definitely picking different strokes uh so your first hour is precocious kids it really is very very <laughs> precocious annoying kids and i okay i'm gonna stay on that theme of precocious kids does anybody want to take uh take a guess what my next one is belvedere uh, nailed it Right out of the gate, Belvedere. Whoa, Mr. Belvedere, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Belvedere. Belvedere. Just I, I just watched everything on YouTube because they have basically every episode. I I love it. It's it's one of those things that it's just it was on Friday nights and I don't have to go to school anymore for the weekend. I don't have to be nervous about anything. And my parents probably got us Burger King or pizza or something like that. Nice. And then we sit and we watch Mr. Belvedere and the theme song is hilarious. It's uh, Leon Redbone and. Uh, I, everything about that show, I I love. 
Bryce Beckham. It's Bryce Beckham. Yep, Bryce Beckham, who he, I've had on the show. He's great. He's very funny. Another yep, I've had great kid actor who just played that kind of smarter than every other kid kid so well. Yep. But it's just a nice dude. Like I've had him and I've had Tracy Wells on. Oh wow. Who was nice. Heather. Yeah. Um and they're all like really um for kid actors really well adjusted have like normal adult lives like tracy's a really successful real estate agent in la now if you need a house um you know and they had a great time on that show and like that that cast they they like get together all the time oh that's <laughs> like awesome. they had a they had a zoom reunion when covid started i tried to watch that actually... and I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to watch it but the weird thing is they just were doing that anyway. <laughs> like they would get together all the oh, time. Oh, you mean Thursday night? And they're all, yeah, they're all still in touch. And it's, it's, it's just kind of nice. Like that's not something that happens. That's awesome. I, I, Chip, I like hearing stories where people had a good time on a show. They stay together. One of my favorite things, not to go on a tangent because that's all we do, is everyone who worked on one of your favorite shows, Chip Alf, hated every second of being on that show. Yeah. So it's nice to hear, like, oh, we had a great time. Yeah, we're all, we all hang out. It's, it's wonderful. Well, he, well, Paul Fusco was an asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I believe it started. And I think the thing with Alf was it was such a laborious task to try to get that stupid character moving about the soundstage. They were digging tunnels and tracks, you know, just to move him about. My friend uh, Molly Hagen, who's a great actress, and she's been at everything. Uh, she was in a in the the Christmas episode of Alf, and she got into an argument with Alf because <laughs> Fusco would stay in character, like between takes and stuff, and they got into like a political argument. Like I forget what started, but she was like, "How would why would you say that about somebody?" And they got in this like really heated argument. And it. she got home after shooting was like still all mad. And she, she goes, and then I stopped and I said to myself, like I had an argument with a, <laughs> it just goes to show how talented and how much of an asshole Paul Fosco was. That's that, that is Chip. Incredible. He was although behind one of my favorite cartoons of all time, a very, I think short run that my brother and I loved called space cats. Do you remember space cats? Yes. Uh, yep. I thought it was really funny. It was a, it was a show. Do we, do we talk about this? Last, the last episode. No, no. Last, no, last Chip, episode we, we did. About this. Yeah. Uh, where they would do the bumpers, like the in and out was, it was like a Jim Puppets. Henson or, or Alf, you know, it was the live action with, I think it was Charles Nelson Riley as their like leader. And mm -hmm. uh, and then they would go throw to the cartoons and they would always, they it was really funny though. Like I remember being like, I was probably like 11 or 12 thinking, oh, they're actually like trying to be funny with this, not just be stupid as a kid. But um Chip, did you think you were actually going to, like, when you say, hey, Ken, did you remember this? Are you expecting him to say no? Yes. Why don't you just say, I I Ken, I tell me more about this. Yeah. Could you, I can think you tell me everything about this? It happens sometimes. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and by the way, uh, make sure everybody checks out uh, Nick Pruer's show, our good friend Nick Pruer, who I know Ken knows too from the Found Footage Festival. His ALF show I was just on last week, and it's... Uh, Willie's place. Willie's place. It's it's yeah. Willie's garage. He's probably here. the biggest the biggest alpha. One hundred percent. He he has to be. He has to be. Yeah. So uh, so I'm going precocious kids, uh, mm. and you know what? I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna throw. There's some precocious kids in this last one, and I'm overlapping with Ken. Well, this on, you're at nine thirty now. Yes, right? this is my because last did, one. Okay. So I did uh, Dennis the Menace. I did uh, different strokes. Belvedere, and I'm finishing the hour just like they did. Uh, 
pre-TGIF with Mr. Belvedere going right into Just the Ten of Us, uh, one of my favorite wow. shows that I that I loved. As Who a, was the yeah. main star of Just the Ten of Us? I'm not a... Bill Kirkenbauer. Bill, wow, Bill Kirkenbauer. Bill there Kirkenbauer, who lives in Southeast Asia Thailand. now. Yeah, and he, yeah. he always... I'm Facebook friends with him somehow, and he always posts the videos from Thailand, and he's just living over there, living his, living his life. Out yeah, of, he was living in Austin, Texas for a long time, and then his son moved over there. I think his son got married to a Taiwanese okay. woman. Um, and when Trump got in, basically Bill was like, see ya. <laughs> so he moved over. Out of all the 10 of us kids, were there eight kids to adults or 10 kids? Yeah. yeah okay. Who's, who went on to do other things? Like, I'm not familiar with that show at all. Well, oddly, um, uh, Matt, who played J.R., um, the the one ma- no there were two males because one, one of the babies I think was, was a boy, boy yeah. as well yeah Matt Shackman <laughs> he directed almost all of Mad Men really oh wow and he produced and directed Wandavision oh I love it <laughs> so he's a huge behind the scenes wow. guy he quit acting and and he's he's directed or produced like almost all of or had a part in almost all of like the quality television from the last twenty five years oh, that's good I love know. it I love stories like that where you just get someone. Like, what's his name who was on, all right, Howard Hessman's show about uh, the students. He head of the class. Head of the yeah. class. Dan Schneider. Yeah, there you go. Right. Like, the guy. Basically ran Nickelodeon. Yeah. Um, so that's it, Chip. You got you, you get your four, a 10 o'clock show, Chip? Do you, do you have a 10 o'clock? I, you know what? If, if I could pick a 10 o'clock show, I might throw an yeah. old episode of The Twilight Zone on there. Okay. Anybody have a favorite? Nice. Do you, you guys have a, have a favorite, uh, favorite episode? I think the one that always comes to mind is the, I think it was, was it Billy Mummy, the kid that everybody was afraid of? It's a good yeah. life. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's that, real, it's real good. You did that. Yeah. That's the line. That line is just, it's like, I say that sometimes to like my kids or my dogs when I'm afraid of like what they're currently involved with. And I don't want to like upset them anymore. Ken, what would you, what would you do? <sighs> that's tough. Um, I would go with time enough at last breaks my yeah. heart. Um, I really do love the pilot. The where is everyone? Yeah. Um, but, but I probably go. The monsters are coming on Maple Street. That's such a that's such a good one. That uh, that's that's just and it's it's literally exactly what's happening right now in in our country. It's yeah. it's literally what's happening. Um, I I think I might go with um. I love the hitchhiker. Is it the hitchhiker? The one with the the mm-hmm. the, the guy who's it? Um, the the um. But probably the one that I do love, and again, it's heartbreaking. Is it called Steel? The one about the boxing robot? Oh, yeah. That one is just yeah, just gut wrenching uh, to watch. Yeah. But it's 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 amazing. That that's one of my favorites. Uh, and just a, just a fun one that just creeps me out in the weirdest way because it's so different from everything else is the Bewitching Pool. Do you remember the Bewitching yes. Pool where it was like the divorced the parents were just mean to him and they just swam into into this old like witch lady's house uh, which uh freaked me out for just a totally other set of reasons i think as well it should have <laughs> uh yeah the comedy ones always like disturbed me more but not for the reason they intended yeah um what's ken what is a show that we're all looking for things to do and obviously i think i think in the coming months obviously not a lot's going to be coming out because we've sort of hit the wall as far as production hollywood is shut down um What's a show that everybody that hopefully maybe is either free on YouTube or if they can find somewhere a show that you would highly recommend, whether it's something that nobody's ever seen before or just like an old sitcom, an old show that 
people be like, hey, you haven't seen the show in 30 years, but definitely watch it because it holds up. What's it, what's a show that you tell everybody to watch? Uh, Spencer for Hire. Oh, wow. Uh, all three seasons are on IMDb TV for free. Uh, it's actually a really great, pretty gritty cop okay. show. Um, and, and obviously I'm biased because it was shot in Boston and it's like the Boston I grew up in. So it's kind of fun to see that too. But like, it's really well written. The guest cast they pulled from basically... 1980s New York theater so you see like a ton of amazing actors on their way up um, and it's just it's a good it's a good watch it's is good Robert show. York still um, with us no he died of bone oh. cancer about 10, 10 or 15 years ago awesome. I think oh yeah uh, yeah uh, everyone who I've had on who was on that show loved him um, so yeah absolutely that um, Green Acres <laughs> really okay which, all right it's so funny and weird and surreal and bizarre and just great. Um, Car 54, Where Are You?, which is on all the streaming services for free. There's two seasons of that. That might be my favorite sitcom ever. It's really funny. Uh, if you like Kirby Enthusiasm, it's uh, evident that it's Larry David's favorite sitcom because the the sort of swirling snowball effect of misunderstandings for comedic purposes is right from that um so i would go with those two uh I'm trying to think if there's like another like an 80s sitcom that's easily streaming it's tough because like some of my favorites aren't streaming right now like um new hearts not streaming kate and Alley's not streaming barney miller is barney miller all the seasons of barney miller are available available for free between all the streaming okay. services it's a little bit annoying because there's i think there's 10 seasons like two seasons are on amazon tour on like hulu tour on imdb tv tour on like pluto <laughs> but you can watch them all okay that's great and by the way speaking of which i just watched just the other night i just watched a bunch of kate and Allie episodes which i have not seen in forever it's a lot of them are on youtube the obviously the quality isn't great but it it, it does the job uh, that was such a fun show that I loved watching. And I always thought that I didn't watch a lot of CBS because I don't think they did a lot of sitcoms necessarily, but it always seemed classier like an adult to channel. me. It was always like yeah. old for older people. It was class, New Heart, Murphy Brown, Designing Women, Kate Nally. Like it just seemed like it was, it was, it was something that my mom would always watch and uh, you felt a little classier. But at the same time, and along with that, the thing that really stuck out for me about Kate Nally was the theme song, which I loved and I haven't heard in forever. And it just threw me back to that time of late 70s, early 80s, when it was sort of like that orchestral or like like piano music that they would play. And it just, it's like very of its time. Like movies would do it all the time. Uh, you know, like the Arthur theme song it was like right in that. Yeah, it's like pensive. Yeah. It yeah. really makes me feel good. What are uh, do, do you guys have some favorite theme songs that, that pop out? Misfits of Science. OK, really? That OK, I'll have to check amazing. that out. Uh, and actually, my second album, I have I had a theme song to open my album, and the kid who I uh, had write it when I commissioned it, I was like, just rip off the Misfits of Science theme nice. song. Nice. Uh, so that's what he did. Um, Parker Lewis can't lose is a great one. Okay, I don't remember uh, that one. I have to, I'll have to look. Yeah. It, it was sort of weirdly like guitar Scottish. Okay. <laughs> But is is really good. Just the ten of us, obviously. Yeah. Uh, growing pains and family ties are just fun ones to mm -hmm. sing. You guys, they're jams. Yep. Um, Monsters is just great. Yeah, of course. Just when you think 
just when you think there's no one around who's caring. And this is a really grim, like, emo-y song. Yeah, yeah. they're just like, if you think everybody's <laughs> Like this, this line here. Sometimes tears and sorrow are all the friends you've got. <laughs> wow. Just when you think you're all by yourself, you're not. Hell yeah, Kate and Alex. Just, Do you know they're what, re- what it? They're what a sad it. way to start an, a Monday evening when you're yeah. nine. Yeah. They're actually uh, rebooting yeah. the show. I just read yesterday. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I don't know how I feel yeah. about that. Cause it's, but at the same time, like it's, it's easily one of the most timeless, great shows. Um, but part of the reason is because of the chemistry of the cast. And so like the premise itself isn't that high concept right. to reboot. <laughs> so who knows? Do you want to hear mine, guys? No, not really. Let's move yeah. on to our next topic. Uh, oh, okay, Jeff. <laughs> when the sunrise smiles on everything. Can you hear it? I'm sorry if you can't hear it. I do love. No, I can hear it. I love it. Here it comes. It is enough. It is enough to fill enough. our lives with love. Guys, this. There's two versions, two versions. You're of right, that. Ken. The, exactly. The vocal one was later. I I had the band Veruca Salt on. Oh, really? Uh, ages ago, and um, yeah, Nina's like a massive Brady Bunch fan, but um, they picked the Eight Is Enough theme as their favorite theme song, and we got in kind of an argument. Not us, but then it was like a that doesn't have lyrics. It was like yes, it does. No, it doesn't. And then we yeah, kind of I guess it was season three. Out. They introduced the lyrics, and the thing that people literally flipped their wigs for. They're like, not only. Are there now lyrics? They're frigging great lyrics, and they're sung by the stud who's on the show, Grant Goodeve. Nice. Which is when you get a when you get a TV theme song that's actually sung by like someone in the show. That's pretty good. I, can, I okay. Let's try to that's, right, that's try rare. to name some. Can, can you go first? My two dads. Life two goes dads. on. <laughs> My yep. Life goes on. My two dads. My two dads. You have Evigan, Greg Evigan. Uh, Land of the Lost, Wesley sings the theme song. I did song. not know that. Uh, Land of the Lost is yep. one of the all-time great top ten theme songs ever. Marshall, Will, and Holly On the routine expedition Met the greatest earthquake ever known And oh, used yeah. to freak me out uh, as a kid. I used to get scary. so scared. Yeah, it's scary. But loved oh, it's it at terrifying. the same time. It was like old Doctor Who yeah. episodes. Yeah. Um, uh, Drew Carey show. Yeah. Frasier. Um, That's all the ones I could think of. Mad About You was written by Paul Reiser, but he doesn't sing it. One of the things that I really hated as a a kid was around 86-ish when shows like that, perfect example, Facts of Life, when they would motley crew the theme song where it was like just a fun, nice theme song and then they would have to put that hair metal guitar in. Yeah, it's like we don't we don't need that. We we we're just watching a a show. I think two two seven. Oh, give me a break! No Carter sang the th- yeah, both theme true. songs, um, and I th- which I prefer the second one, which a lot of people don't, because uh, it has that weird like like uh, 
like sexy electro soul where it's like give me a break yeah yeah bum, like some bum, pointer bum, sister bum, kind it's of not a 70s yeah yeah um and i think marla gibbs sang the 227 theme song that sounds about right yeah that, that that sounds right jeff do you have any any others any other yeah. favorites um well there's there's a show i have kids so they're the best sitcom that was geared towards kids that adults would love good luck charlie Okay, I, I'm just going to tell you guys, good luck, Charlie. You don't have to have kids to enjoy it. Chip, you would love it because it is everything. Like the youngest son is very Bryce Beckham, like from Mr. Belvedere. Mr. Belvedere. He's always conniving. He's always like, you know, scamming. There's an older brother who's dumb but lovable. Um, the dad on the show is awesome. He was in Lodge uh, 40, 49, the um, AMC show that was great. But its theme song, literally you hear it once, and it okay. it is a total jam. Today's all burnt toast, running late and dad jokes. Has anybody seen my left shoe? Close my eyes, take a bite, grab a ride, laugh out loud. There it is, up on the roof. I've been there, I survived. So just take my Yeah, but I would say my favorite, eight is enough. And I, I'm just going to give you my prime time real quick. My prime oh, time. Oh, we do. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's, right. that's right. I'm. I, yeah. I got to go yeah. right through this. 1981. I'm just going to stick with 81. Again, I'm 74 years old. Young. Right. 74 years. 74 young. years young. Eight is enough. Next week. If eight is enough was a repeat, I'd go right to that's incredible. Okay, sure. That's incredible. The show it did it lived up to its name. Really fucking incredible. This show. Then I would go nine o'clock, different strokes, facts of life, power hour. Those two nice. shows. The early facts of life, the first season when there were literally twenty three girls. Molly they, Ringwald. With Molly, Molly Ringwald. Ringwald, a bunch of others. Tootie was on skates. It was fantastic because as a young kid, you're like I'm in love with five of these these girls, which was great. And then they got rid of most of them. Season yeah. two came along. They're like, we got to pare down the budget, right? And then I'm going to go 10 o'clock, Fantasy Island. Nice. Little, Fantasy Island. And I think, Ken, you probably, the, the idea like Fantasy Island and Love Boat, you got so excited because you knew there was going to be a guest star or maybe two or three. And they were probably also from the same network from one of your favorite shows. Yeah, and I always say those shows were the best value yes. for money because you got like four yep. shows yep. Uh, yeah. in a show. Uh, I um I got a I got a VPN recently just because uh, CTV in Canada, <laughs> CTV.ca, on their website, free streaming has a retro channel, and there are shows that have been impossible to see that they have on there, like Werewolf from Fox, Filthy Rich, which was all the designing women people, It's Your Move, oh, it's your move. Um, all of Fantasy Island, all of Love Boat, it's all on there and it's free, um, so if you spend 10 bucks on a VPN to have a Canadian IP address, you can watch them all. Um, but I went through the love boat a couple months ago, just like with the episode synopses. I mean, not love boat fantasy Island. And Oh my God, are they, they mental. are, 
They're insane. Some had serious like murderers on the on the shows. Like they were dealing with, we have a murderer on board. Gopher, stop effing around. We got to find this guy. Like crazy. Oh yeah, but F- Fantasy Island were all like weird. Like there were, I'm actually looking on the CTV <laughs> thing right now. But there was reoccurring ep- uh, this reoccurring mermaid character that was played by Michelle Phillips from yeah. the Mamas and the Papas, <laughs> and she like has an affair with this guy and then like gets murdered. It later, like, it's just insane. And my favorite thing is they would have two. There was only two stories in Fantasy Island. Um, and they would not be the same tone. So one of them would be like some insane <laughs> right. thing. And one would be like a comedy one. Like, uh, let's see. I'm just pulling up a random one here. Um, a man dreams of being irresistible and a builder wants to show his hotel plans to a tycoon. Yeah. An amnesiac seeks her identity and children plot to reunite their divorced parents. Like these are a little bit normal. Then we get a race driver wonders if he lost his nerve and a prostitute wants to conceal her profession. Nice. (laughs) This is a sheltered girl dreams of becoming a beauty queen and a man plots to find buried treasure and kill his wife. Both. He wants a twofer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so, like, they just get weirder. They're like Mad Libs, um, where it's just bizarre. These are real weird. A Kansas plumber suddenly becomes a king, and a know-it-all daughter requires an instant family. Oh, jeez. Oh, Chip, you know what I time was, it is. What time is it? It's a fantastic time for everyone involved with the show. Don't it you is. agree? Yes, it is. It's Do 100% you, fantastic. Why don't we hear a little little something? better believe it's a fantastic day guys because it's a part of the show where we ask our guests to tell us something that they deem fantastic something that brings them a little joy in their life currently or something they've done in the past that brought them joy ken is there something fantastic you'd like to tell us about yeah and it's not too dissimilar to what we've been talking about but um their movie listings in the yes. newspaper so that was another thing i used to go through all the time and i went to the movies at least once a week and so i bought a year membership to newspapers.com which you can get like a free trial i think it's to get like a 30-day free trial and you can look at almost every major newspaper and i've been going back and looking at like the movie listings from like this day in like 91 or like 85 or like whatever um and it's you know i have a pretty good recollection of movies but there are tons of movies i forgot about and so it's been a really good um sort of catalyst for like streaming a movie I had forgot about. I'm like, Oh, I totally forgot about that movie. And I saw it that year and almost everything is streaming now. So it's kind of a unique time where you can not only look at them, but then like instantly pull up a pretty obscure movie. So like that, that's been my sort of fantastic comfort. What's been the best one you've found recently where you're like, and watched it and you're like, wow, this was totally worth my time. What did I rewatch? Oh, Mystery Date. Oh, yeah. Wait, that's actually a that's pretty great movie. That's not Bruce Willis. That's Blind Date, right? No, Blind Date, which is also really good. Okay. Um, yeah, Mystery Date. One Magic Christmas I rewatched <laughs> uh, around Christmas time because I had forgotten about that. And that movie is. Who's, who is in One Magic yeah, remind Christmas? Me, I remember the name, but I don't. 
Mary Steenburgen. Okay. Harry Dean Stanton plays an angel named Gideon. Uh, basically, this incredibly poor family, their mother loses her job at like a discount store. And because of her being a jerk on Christmas Eve, their neighbor ends up murdering her husband in a bank Jesus. robbery. Wow. And then her children get in a car accident and also what die. What the what? And this was all orchestrated by this archangel Gideon, played by Harry Dean Stanton, to teach her because she doesn't love Christmas enough. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a Disney movie. And like they go to the they go to the North Pole and meet Santa Claus, and he doesn't have elves. He has dead people who were good oh God. working for him. Oh my god. It is the grimmest I'm like, this is more messed up than I remember it from when I was a kid. Like this was traumatic. That's horrifying. Uh, but I had totally forgotten about it. Because that's the other thing with Disney Plus, there's a ton of stuff streaming on that too. Um so like almost everything you can find. Um so I rewatched those. Uh I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I haven't that I forgot about. Um, It's funny. There's a thing I've been talking about a lot on my show recently, just for no apparent reason, but there was a ton of movies that were massive, like gigantic biggest movie there ever was that no one ever talks about. No one ever watched again, like the bodyguard or like dangerous minds or like the fugitive. It's mostly 90s stuff. And it's mostly because the movie had like a huge song from the soundtrack, but like, if you think back at the time, those movies, they're like, this is an all time. Uh, this is the biggest movie and it's going to be a classic forever. Even like pretty woman. Yeah. Nobody rewatches those. They're not beloved at all. And they were huge. Ken, I'm so glad you brought this up because I was just thinking recently, like it's still in the top three, maybe five money making movies of all time. And even the most ardent geeks I follow, movie geeks, sci-fi geeks, no one ever brings up avatar at all like no one ever no one cares about it no one ever says oh my favorite scene was when where people are literally dissecting you know like their eighth most favorite star wars movie or star trek movie like avatar was the highest grossing money like movie of all time for like two decades and no one gives a shit about it yeah, there's a ton of right. movies like that. It's 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 nuts. Like our like one of the movies actually from '85 that I rewatched and is not a good movie, um, but I hadn't seen it since I started in the theater. Is Baby, the Lost Legend? Wait, oh, wait, Do you remember was that? Was that about the dinosaur? Dinosaur? Yes. Okay. Yes, they went to go find a still living dinosaur, and it was a huge movie. Like it made a ton of money. It was a huge movie in '85. Was it a cartoon or? No, it was live action oh my movie. Goodness. Um, and, and it was massive. No one cares. I love Just, it. Like there's a bunch like that. I love, I kind of do love that, that no one, I do love that. No one cares about avatar. It kind of makes me feel good Yeah, because I watched it and it was one of the most forgettable movies. It was like, wow. There's also movies that like you, if you, if you just pulled it up on Netflix, you'd probably stop watching it after a half hour. But when we were growing up, we paid yeah. money. So we'd go and, and, and we're out of the house. Like you're going to sit and watch the whole thing. So there are movies that I can't believe that I sat through and saw in the theater, like bingo, <laughs> the movie about the dog, um, you know, that I'm just like, so I've rewatched some of those hot to trot. Wow. Bobcat, Bobcat, Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah, yes. Um, you know, movies like that are, uh, you know, some of them are great though. Like she devil with Roseanne is a great wow. movie. I rewatched that and that's really good. Um, so yeah, there's or oh, Madhouse with John Larroquette and Kirstie Alley, 
when they were trying to launch them into a movie career. That's actually really fun. All right, now, movie. both you guys, um, when you hear the titles of these movies, whether you saw them or not, can you all picture the VHS boxes? Like, that's all 100%, I'm doing. 100%. 100%. Can yep. Every movie you mention, I'm like, I don't remember the movie, but I remember exactly the box. Wow. Absolutely. We, we have been talking yeah. about this for a while. I know I've been talking about it with Jeff a little bit, and I, with Nick and Joe, our friends from the Found Footage, and a couple other friends. I, my, if I wasn't a stand-up comedian, and who knows if that will ever happen again uh, mm-hmm. in the after times, but my dream job, which I feel like I can't have, but I want – is I when I was in college, I worked at a video store, and as a child, I lived in video stores. Mm-hmm. I would own and operate my own video store, and I would love it. And I feel like there may be a market for it somehow, and I don't is. know how. It's people, everything streaming, but I would give uh, my left arm to be able to walk into a video store, browse, and pick up Madhouse yeah. or. An old, an old movie that I haven't seen in a while and just walk around for a little while and, and pick it out. Same thing with, with record stores, you know, which yeah. obviously they're still sort of around. But uh, I, I, I miss the, the video store experience so much. I, and I wasn't even a big – I think it was just because we didn't have much access. You had to drive there and it was more and it was more money. But I went to the movies, but not a whole lot. But yeah, me too. We lived at the video, video store. store. I mean, that was yeah. – Oh, Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's funny when we think about it because that that sort of golden age of that, which seemed like it would be forever, was really only about yep. twenty yeah. years. Yeah, it was a, it was a short window, and we're really the only generation of people that mm-hmm. had that. At yeah, all. the other people um, don't. And no, before or yeah. after, and excuse me, um, it's it's funny. There's a there's a place in L.A. on on um Magnolia Street in Burbank, Slashback, uh, and it's like a Slashback Video. Yes, did you go? Oh, I've been there a, a few times. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's weird, though, because it's essentially an art installation pop-up virtual experience of walking around a video mm-hmm. store because uh, it's the stuff that you want that you can't get with the streaming. So we're getting things like that. And then I'm also noticing a lot more of people sort of collectively watching things that are streaming. Like, you know, the, we're all watching this movie mm-hmm. tonight or stuff that has wraparound host segments or the stuff like Criterion Channel's doing. And it's sort of recreating that as well. I just watched it, the um, the last Blockbuster documentary, basically highlighting the last, um, in Bend, Oregon, the last Blockbuster store. But it gives you, you know, a little history of the video stores and, you know, what led to their demise, obviously, you know, most people know what, what happened, but you know, and not like, I think all of us, we probably didn't frequent a blockbuster. We frequented local video stores, right? I mean, uh, Omni video in, yeah. uh, in Eagleville, Pennsylvania. Oddly ours in the Boston area that I love the most was called the West coast. I video. had West oh, we, coast we, video too. You know, yeah. West coast video. Uh, did, does anybody have another recollection that comes with, besides getting free popcorn, but something oh. else that happened at West Coast Video that was another big part of at least my, Ooh. more of my teen years? They had a cult section, which mo- oh, that's everyone fun. did. That's good. Uh, the West Coast Video, the one that I would go to, we would literally almost sometimes sleep out for, they had a Ticketmaster at the oh, West Coast Video. Oh, yes. Yep, yep, so yep. to yeah. get fish tickets, to get Weezer tickets, to get... Whatever it might be, that's where that's where we would go. Weren't uh, you like at that point like this is the greatest place on earth? The only two things I care about, yeah. Yeah. renting movies, going to shows, and you could do it all. I was going to say I discovered that Filene's, which was our <laughs> yeah. department store, it was like Macy's, <laughs> at their customer service, which was like way up in the bowels of Filene's, like where like the hair salon and the the photo studio was, had Whoa. a Ticketmaster. 
So I would go there and nobody knew. <laughs> and like the people working there barely knew how to use it. It was so infrequently used. But it meant every show I wanted to go to, I didn't have to wait That's in line. Amazing. I would show up like right when tickets went on sale and get them. That's oh, that is great. Yeah, because mostly it was, by me, it was record stores. You had to go to Jack's Music and Red Bank yep. and literally Coconuts. everybody was there. And you were in a line 30 deep to go to see the Who reunion tour. But just imagine going into just a department store and you're like, I want to return this uh, Bugle Boy shirt and get tickets to go see <laughs> REM's, uh, you know, monster tour. Right. Oh, that's we actually had a really cool guy that worked at the West Coast video where we, you weren't supposed to line up ahead of time because they I don't think they wanted loiterers. But we would get there at 5 a.m., you know, to open up at nine or whatever. And. But we would bully people into because if we were there for four hours, we're not going to tell people like, well, it's not going to be a lottery. We were here and yeah. we would all align. And then the guy was really cool because instead of buying two tickets at a time, we would pull our money and get like eight tickets at a time. But he would have to do it cash. He was like, if you have the cash and there would be like a group of us or a few different groups of people where we were like, buy 10 tickets at mm -hmm. once so you can all get them. And then we all have the cash and we can just give it nice. to him. And it was quick. So it was good. And by the way, Ken uh, – you're somebody who's very good with memorabilia, and I can actually pull a little piece of memorabilia. I got a book right here that I can pull off my shelf right here. Uh, the Road to Jonestown, uh, oh, the, uh, the the Jim Jones book, uh, which I loved. I read last year. I bought at that occult shop that is basically adjacent to Slashback Video on Magnolia because oh, yeah. I felt like I had to buy something. Mr. Museum. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, I felt like I had to buy something, and it was, it was a great book. The thing that bothered me about Slashback was that it is a museum, so you're not allowed to touch anything, and all, all right. we are conditioned to do is to grab that box and look at and look at the back, but you couldn't. Or you could come back the next week and, you know, they would flip them for you, but it was just uh, – that was yeah. the one frustrating part of, of that experience. Do you guys want a quiz? A big thing, Count, on our show is Chip and I come up with quizzes. We quiz yeah, each we other. We quiz our guests. Some of them are great. Some of them, not so much. But at least we put forth the effort. We do. Yeah, and that's, that's all, right, all now, that matters. Here's the deal. Ken will know the answer to all of these. So the way this game's going to be played is, Chip, you get first shot at answering the question. And then when you okay. don't know, Ken will answer. Okay? okay. Now, I'm going to throw the first one out. And, again, to me – this first question might be true. It might not be. The only sitcom that changed its name three times, Chip, popular in the 80s, super popular, it changed its name three times. I, I'm going to have to say, um, and I, hopefully I can do this in order, oh, I love Valerie, it. Valerie's family, the Hogan family. Yes! I nailed it. I'm so proud of Chip right now, Ted. I'm really proud of my boy, Chip. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and the you. thing I love about the the way basically Valerie, when she was her and her agent were like, you know, we want more money, want more money. They're like, oh, OK, no. And then they just instead of like easing her out of the show, they're just like, she's dead. Yeah, they reshot that episode as well. I had Lisa Wilcox on who was in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 and also in the Belvedere episode. Um, but she's in that first episode that Valerie's not oh, wow. in. And they shot it with Valerie because they were negotiating. And then when they <laughs> scorched earthed her, um, Lisa got called back to go do reshoots, which you don't do on a sitcom. She was like, reshoots? And they had to reshoot the stuff with Valerie oh. with Sandy Duncan wow. instead. Um, I think there might be another 80s show that oh, has three names. This is good. Uh, I would love to... 
Um, 80 show through. It was it was it was a network show, and then it went into syndication sitcom? for syndication. Sitcom. Sitcom. Oof. I'm gonna need a uh, hint because I'm very like again, 74 years old. My brain's not. It it starred somebody who was in a, a big sitcom in the 70s. There was a breakout character who kind of overtook the show as well. Oh, like a Happy Days spinoff? Nope. Oh my god, I'm gonna kick myself. All of these are streaming now, actually, as well. There hasn't Three been for different years. titles. Wow. Not like what's happening, what's happening now, because that's just Ooh. a reboot, right? We're going to need you to spell it out yeah. first. Can, yeah, um, wait, just wait. name one tertiary actor on the show. Um, tertiary actor. Or, um, or Lydia, okay. Linda Cornell. Mm. I might need a secondary actor then. You give up? Yeah. <laughs> Too close for what? comfort. What? Really? What? It was called the Ted Knight Show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and then I think they just called it Ted for a while oh, as well. It had a new I title. love it. Be- before Too Close for Comfort or after? after. That's one of the really? things they would do. Um, Saved by the Bell had two titles. Oh, um, Good Morning oh, Mrs. Bliss? Bliss. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Good Morning Miss Bliss. All right, here I we go, guys. Her, uh, the girl from uh, Parent Trap. Ha- Parent Trap. Haley Mills. Haley Mills. Yeah. Guys, along the same line, here are, I'm going to give you, Chip, again, the original titles of sitcoms that might have been the working title or might have okay. actually been in production for at least a year. Okay. All right. This one's from the 90s. It's called Six of One. Six of One, maybe the most popular sitcom of the 90s. That'd be Friends? Yes. Very good, Chip. Friends. All right. Six of One. This is going to be tough, Chip. Now, put on your thinking cap, buddy. The Seinfeld Chronicles. The Seinfeld Chronicles. Mama's family. I'll give you. I'll give you that. It's uh, okay. It's, good. It's, Got it. I'll give you that. Ken, I'm going to throw you on these friends of mine. These friends. There we Ellen. go. See, Ken knows these, Chip. I'm just. He, I felt bad. Down. He wasn't. I just want to know, Chip. I'm going to throw you a hard one. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Um. The what's the original title of Two Guys and a Girl? The original title of Two Guys and a Girl. Two guys and a girl. Not two guys. It was the subject. Yes. It was the subject of a great SNL sketch. That's true. Uh, two guys and a girl. Uh, show set in Boston, created by Emerson. Collins. Not that two guys and a girl in a pizza place. Yes. Situation. Was it? Oh, is it really? Okay. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah, don't don't overthink it. it, Chip. One thing I don't want you to do is overthink it. I was I was overthinking that one. Now this is this is along those lines, Chip. Okay. Eight simple rules. Eight simple rules was originally called. Eight simple rules for dating my teenage daughter. One hundred percent correct, Chip. John, the late great John Ritter. Yes. And the 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 female kid lead went on to star in something I'm bringing up anon very soon. Okay, here we go. Ken, chicks and dicks. Chicks and dicks was the original name for this 2000s TV show that might have went into the 2010s. Chicks and 2000s. dicks. And the original. This was the working title, and the main female character almost didn't accept her role. As the star, because she hated the working title so much. Orange is the new book. No, and I would even say it should have been called Chick and the Dicks, maybe, because it was one female star and a bunch of guys. The, the new, new girl? girl? Yes. Working really? title was Chicks and Dicks. That's terrible. I um, I had Ryan Lambert on, who was in Monster Squad and, and um, Kids Incorporated, oh. and 
he was cast in a movie originally called Grounded. He was cast in the lead. Mm-hmm. And then they changed the title of the movie to Teeny Weenies. <laughs> so he quit. <laughs> Any guesses of what that movie ended up teeny being? Grounded and Teeny Weenies. Oh my God, Grounded and Teeny. TV show or movie? It was a, well, both oh actually. But it was a big movie. It was a big movie. And he, he, he made a mistake quitting. Not, not Goonies. Honey, Honey I, shook I shrunk the kids. The I, was just, oh, I was so close. <laughs> Teeny Weenies is great. Teeny I'm calling weenies, it Teeny Weenies from now on. All yeah. right, guys. One of the biggest sci-fi TV shows in the probably last five years was originally titled Montauk. Montauk. Oh, uh, I know that I'm, one. I'm out of my... Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll give you a hint. I'm out of my comfort zone it, there. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. There you go. Oh, really? Yep. Wait, it was called Montauk? It was a... Because it was originally about the Montauk Project oh, in Montauk, okay. New York, yeah. and took place there, um, and then they changed the. And that is one of my plot. favorite shows too. I should have should have known that one. This is going to be. I've had uh, I've had David Harbour. Oh, nice. How was he? The best. I would imagine. Yeah. Just such. I'm a good so dude. glad to hear yeah. that because awesome you don't want to because you yeah. fall in love with like that character and you're just like he better be as good a dude as he is in life. I'll say everyone I've ever met that was associated with that show was just a sweet, great person. Like I met Millie Bobby Brown at a con one year and like, what a nice kid, just like a good, solid person. Harbor was yeah. great. Um, um, Sean Astin's amazing. Carrie Elwes is an yeah. awesome dude. Like just they've cast like solid, good people. Guys, all right, I'm going to give you the chip. This one goes to you first. Um, the show maybe the most popular show in syndication of the last 10 years, maybe more. Lenny, Penny, and Kenny. It was originally titled Lenny, Penny, and Kenny, but it, they. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. No, you, 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 all you. Is it? Is it? Because Penny, I, I don't think I've ever watched an episode of the show, but yeah. the uh, the smart people, mm-hmm. uh, Big Bang, Big Bang Theory. You got it, buddy. Originally, Sheldon's character was named Kenny. Okay. But then they changed it to Sheldon, and they couldn't go with that title. Changed it to Big Bang Theory, and there you go. Um, this is an easy one. Uh, one of my favorite shows of all time. I believe started in the late 90s into the 2000s. It was called originally Slayer, just Slayer. They wanted to distance itself a little bit from the movie it was based on with a longer title. Chip, I don't. Pro- no, you, I no could guess you probably didn't watch this show. Yeah, Were I you into vampire hunting at all? Were you a vampire guy? I uh, love the Lost Boys. Okay. Yeah. Did you? Uh, ever- oh, B- Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, there you go. Um, I knew Ken knew that. I didn't want to go to Ken. Yeah. I didn't want to insult his intelligence there with that one. That's fine. You know, I've not watched a ton of Buffy, and I've had to sort of cram because I've had a bunch of cast yeah. members on. Did you have Nicholas Brandon or whatever his name is? Yeah, I, I did, figured yeah. he would be very yeah. available. And uh, yeah, he's thick. He's yeah, he's 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 got a lot going on. Um, yeah, but I've also had James Mar James Marsters oh, cool. and Mercedes McCambridge, no Mercedes Raul <laughs> McNabb. All right, I got two more guys. Two more super popular show on Fox. Teenage Wasteland. Teenage Wasteland. They changed it to to highlight the decade it was in. Oh, um, that 70s show. There you go. Teenage yeah, Wasteland. That 70s show. And this one, a bunch of hotties who were, um, I believe, maybe witches. House of Sisters. House of Sisters. About Charmed? Yes, Chip. Wow. I didn't peg you for a charm guy. I never seen it. Never seen it. But there you, you, go. you guys both. You know what? You both did well. Chip, you Thank did you. better than I thought. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, we do have another topic that I know Chip 
and I think we'll all love this. We're each going to name our favorite made-for-TV movie. I know we probably have a lot, right? We right. probably each can harken back to, like, being young and watching, like, the one. Like, me, again, I'm an older gentleman, 1983, when the day after, the TV movie The Day After came on, the effects of a devastating nuclear holocaust on a small town in eastern Kansas, I was scared shitless. The next day, the guitar player for my band, Fruit Loops, wrote a song called The Day After, maybe one of the most poignant songs a group of freshmen in high school could would ever play live. Yeah. It made people think. I remember it well. Yeah. The Day After. That that, it, that was that was Reagan, Fruit Loops. Uh, I believe that was Fruit Loops uh, Pet Sounds, I believe. It was. Yeah, yeah it, it really was. That was when you all grew beards and got experimental. Yeah. Um, but that that... That movie, that made for TV movie, was so impactful. Reagan had to come yes. on TV and address the nation the <laughs> night after. So scared. Have you ever seen Threads? No, uh, no, I haven't. Threads is basically the UK's version oh of God. that, and they somehow made the day after even more disturbing. Uh, it sounds like the Brits, right? Yeah. Chip, what is? Well, give me your favorite. By the way, do you t- remember when uh, Reagan had to come on after that one really uh, disturbing episode of the Days and Nights of Molly Dodd? Yes, that was really yeah the the menopause yeah, episode. Keep, yeah, that really was a combination. Yeah, Chip, what do we got? My, I have to go. My favorite all time uh, movie, Halloween classic, uh, The Midnight Hour, nineteen eighty six five. Five, five. Uh, the Midnight Hour, which you can watch on YouTube and is a terrible, terrible movie, but I will watch it over and over again any time of the year. Are you, are, are you familiar with that one, uh, no. Jeff? No. There's a Smith song that goes on. It's for, what, it, how, how Soon Is Now, right? How Soon Is Now. How Soon, how soon, soon is, now, is Now, yeah. It goes on for 20 minutes, I swear to God, in this weird montage, or not, like, just this weird slow motion scene. Um, Peter DeLuise, oh, LeVar nice. Burton. Ooh. Yep. LeVar Bur- horny LeVar horny Burton. Horny LeVar Burton. He is very horny in this one. Sherry Belafonte. Nice. Who am I missing? Dick Van Patten. Wow. Aidis enough. Dick Van Patten. Kevin McCarthy. Whoa. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Ken, give me, a, give me an all-time great TV movie. The, I'm going to cheat a little bit because I think this counts as a miniseries that was edited into a movie later, but Salem's oh, Lot. Scared the living Christ out of me as a kid. Still amazing. One of the best Stephen King adaptations. Yep. Such a good, such a good movie. Um, the Night Stalker. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. The Colchak yep. movie. I, uh, I own that up on my, uh, my wall here. I have a couple of them uh, on DVD. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and I, I really like there was a movie called The Dreamer of Ooh. Oz where John Ritter plays Frank L. Bond. Wow. Wow. And it's actually really good. <laughs> That sounds that sounds great, guys. I'm still in a quiz mood, and I know I'm not going to stump Ken on this, but this was one of my favorite movies, 1986. I'm going to give you the cast. This was a TV movie, and this cast it's it's literally a who's who of uh, things to come. 1986 TV movie. We have Keanu Reeves, Kiefer Sutherland, Billy Zane, Lori Loughlin. That's all I'm going to give you. Babes in Toilet? No, this is a movie about a group of high school students led by rich boy Derek, who's sick of school-related crime and decides to become an underground... Wow, I'm totally unfamiliar with this. Guys, that's called the Brotherhood of Justice. Wow. 1986. I never even heard of it. And the whole movie and shit available on YouTube. Just put in Brotherhood of Justice. Hour, hour 33 minutes long. Young Keanu. 
these rich kids decide to take it in their own hands to rid the town of drug dealers. They target a young keeper Sutherland. That's all I'm going to give you. It is fantastically <laughs> bad, but you'll be riveted. And Billy you say Zane. an hour and a half. I, I, I unfortunately am assuming that the commercials are not involved because that's one of my favorite things to watch is is the commercial. Like I even even when I was a kid, I thought it was great. When I was in first grade in eighty three, eighty four ish, we recorded the Wizard of Oz off of CBS, and the commercials to like we had that VHS for years, and the commercials were just as good. We the we had the my, the Jackson Five Pepsi video where Michael Jackson's hair oh, caught yeah. on fire, like that was a big deal that we we had that, and it just it brings me to a time. But oh. I'm I'm watching Brotherhood of Justice tonight. Yeah, I've, that's new to me. There's you know what you might like. There's a one of the greatest things that that's happened in the last few years is all these unsold pilots that were impossible yes. to see in the last year or two years, people have uploaded every single one of them to YouTube and there's a ton of them. And there's one called B boys <laughs> and it, it is written by Joe Flaherty from wow. SCTV. Oh, wow. Excuse me. It's directed by Todd Holland who directed, Oh no, I'm sorry. Steve right. Miner who directed uh, house and Friday the 13th part two and, and a bunch of, Wonder Years episodes, and it's about these two high school kids in LA who become bounty hunters at night, <laughs> and it's really weird and really funny. And the whole hour long uh, uh, pilot is up on YouTube, and it's it's really great. Oh, another one, Ken. I know you know this one. I think it was called High School USA. Oh yeah, there's two oh, versions. Wow. I, I'm familiar with the Michael J. Fox, Anthony Edwards, um, and Mary Jo Polnicek from Facts of Life. Uh, Nancy McKeon version. Yep. And Todd Bridges. Yes, Todd Bridges. Wow. Todd Bridges is a nerd who makes a robot. <laughs> yeah. The the concept of High School USA was that they wanted to have uh, teen stars from the 50s and 60s be the teachers yes. and the new teen stars of today be the students. So they made this two hour pilot, which had Michael J. Fox and all these people in it. It didn't go. So then they did it again with a new cast. That's all up on YouTube, too. And one of the stars in the new cast is Joanne Willette of just the 10 of us. And it's one of the first things she did. Chip, do you know you're not actually allowed to watch it? If you try to access this because Todd Bridges is in it, you can't. You're blocked. I am blocked. I am blocked. I'm sorry. But you can watch the second version. The Joanne Willette version, which which I'll take. By the way, John Grease is in the second one. Really? Who was uh, Holly Felton, real genius. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of, uh, and, and I bet you both of you guys can get this. One of my other favorite on the list of made for TV movies also includes Michael J. Fox and Nancy McKeon. Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy. Oh. The camp, camp. Uh, summer wow. camp movie. Love that one. I like, uh, Dance Till Dawn is a favorite. Dance Till Dawn. Oh, Dance Till Dawn is every year they used to do a made for TV movie that had all the teen stars from all the networks. I love it. There was Crash Course. There was, um, School Cruise. <laughs> A class cruise um, with uh, Brooke Thies from Just the Ten of Us. Uh, and there's Dance Till Dawn, which is a prom movie. And it's great. It's really, really good. Uh, there's also one called Mystery Date or Dream Date that Joanne Willette is also in. Polly Shore is in that. And Joanne told me a story. It's the first thing Polly Shore ever did. And it was directed by Anson Williams, <laughs> who was Potsy on Happy Days. And he knocked out Polly Shore. Oh, my God. Really? Because so Polly Shore was a cocky little yep. prick because his mom owned the comedy store. So he was used to everyone kissing his ass. 
And when they make these made-for-TV movies, they had to shoot them quick because they don't have a lot of money. And so they're shooting, and you know, uh, Anson Williams says cut, and then Pauly Shore's like, ah, oh, can I try a couple things? I have some ideas. <laughs> and Anson Williams is like, I'm sure they're funny. Like we just really don't have time, and and you know, the budget's tight. And so Pauly Shore goes, okay, Potsy. Holy! <laughs> and uh... Anson Williams grabbed him by the throat, <laughs> goes, never fucking call me Potsy, and then just clocked him. Out cold. Amazing. I love it. Um, well-deserved. Well-deserved. Um, uh, we're getting close to the end of the show, but, Ken, I want to touch upon you also were a band guy. You fronted a punk band in mm-hmm. Boston. So I want you to name, give me five great bands from Boston. Five great bands from Boston. You're proud to be from, I believe you're called Bean City, right? Bean City? That's what we call yeah, them. Bean yep, City. that's what we call ourselves, <laughs> the Bean Sits. Um, I'm going to go Mission That's to Burma. That's on my list, yep. The Cars. That's num- they're my number one and two. I could show you this, yep. Yep. Uh, the Pixies. They're, they're, not, I, they're in my top ten, yeah. That's a, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ooh, my other two. This is a tough call. Um, I'm going to go Juliana Hatfield. She's in mine, right? My top five. Including, including yeah, the Blake including, Babies had yeah, her on the she, show. Um, I'm probably Buffalo that's, Tom. Oh, my God. My top five, Cars, Mission to Burma, Lemon Hedge, Juliana Hatfield, Buffalo Tom. Then I threw in there, Slapshot, big Slapshot fan from the early hardcore <laughs> scene. I have a, my, uh, my old band was on a Slapshot tribute album. Go. And I got I got to throw in this this two. Um, I have a soft spot for the Boston's Devil Devil's Night Out, one of my favorite records of all time, and a great band, one hit wonder to many people. But even more than that, Letters to Cleo, Kay Hanley, one of the best just pop songwriter singers out there. And Chip, if you ever want to listen to a good soundtrack, you may not think so, but Josie and the Pussycats movie. Okay. Fantastic. Yep. It's a great movie Such too. A good movie. She co-wrote a lot of those songs with Babyface. Yes, it is an oddly great movie. You don't expect it to be. It's so much fun. Kay Hanley, uh, if you read about, you know, she wrote a lot of music for some movies back then. I believe like Ten Things I Hate About You. They had a song, but her favorite thing is, oh, um, Josie and the Pussycats. It le- it gave me the funds to buy a house, and that always made. Yeah, I've been that to that. O- Oh, wow, there house. you go. She's really cool. Ken, I, obviously you probably know her. Or... Yeah. I, uh, I've i also had two of the two people from two of the bands in your top five have been on my Could show. Could you hold on one second? My dog needs to go out. Yeah. And while he's doing that, I'll just give my top three real quick, which which definitely okay. overlap over some of you guys. Uh, the Cars, the Pixies, and uh, love uh, Jeff does too. Love the Lemonheads. Uh, Pixies, Lemonheads, yeah. and the Cars. Those are my... I um. Two years ago, two or three years ago, I hosted an ACLU benefit show. And so I'm hosting, and this is the lineup. Me, (laughs) Belly, Lemonheads, Juliana Hatfield, Buffalo Tom, The Gravel Pit, and Not A Safe. Wow, jeez, what a lineup. That's that's incredible. (laughs) It's ridiculous. For the the good old ACLU. Yeah, I've had... I've had Juliana Hatfield on the show. She sat right in that seat behind me. Um, and I've had uh, Bill Janovitz from Buffalo. Bill Janovitz, one of my heroes. I love Bill Janovitz so much. He got... Bill's the he, best. Uh, this past year, he would do uh, Facebook Live concerts on Saturdays, and they were fantastic. Um, yeah. Chip, favorite Lemonhead song? 
Mine change. I have thirty favorite Lemonhead songs. Yeah, it, it always it always changes. Um, uh, one of that always just touch hits my heart is uh, uh, the outdoor type. Love yeah. the outdoor type. Just a sweet, fun song. How about how about you? I decided today, and I played it the most the past ten years. Car button cloth. Break me. Break me is such a non typical. You know, a lot of his are you know very poppy. Break yeah. me has beautiful organ like very emotional like organ keyboards in the background it just goes to these different places oh i love it so much but then again you know, yeah. i uh i'm gonna go don can't decide yeah nice nice see i'm also and i get an argument with with my friend matt who's in a band i love early lemonheads i love ben dealy the ben ben deal when ben and evan used to trade off vocals like they have a song ever with Ben Dealey sang it. It's one of the greatest. You listen to it, you're like, this isn't the Lemonheads. The you know they used to be punk. They were on like Tang Records. It sounded like they're yeah, exactly. They just kind of changed who they were. Like the Goo Goo Dolls, same thing. Chip, who uh, loves who loves the, who loves the Goo Goo Dolls more than anybody you know? Literally, uh, Ken, you are sitting right now virtually with the number one Goo Goo Dolls fan uh, of all time. Now, Ken. On Twitter, I, I basically threw out a tweet. I just said, I have an idea for a podcast. I haven't done any research on this. But the idea is I get a guest. I buy them a pizza. I buy myself a pizza. We go on a podcast together, eat pizza, and talk about, you guessed it, the Goo Goo Dolls. Right? How could you yeah. miss with that premise for a show? I bet the Goo Goo Dolls would do that show. My goal, I told Chip, I'm like, the goal would be Chip would sit there, tolerate the show. Our goal would be to get a Goo Goo Doll on the show. And everybody's like, you probably by the third show, you'd have Johnny on. Yeah. I mean, they, their early records they're are amazing. Like, they're, they sound like the replacements. Yes. And then they used to do, I love the covers they do with their old landlord. Oh, wow. Yes. You ever heard those? They, yeah. Uh, Amazing. They're, uh, you know, they, they had that thing where they were like a really good, hard, kind of almost punk tinge power pop, like acolytes of Bob Mould. Like you hear, if you read an interview with Johnny Resnicki, whatever his name is, he will mention Bob Mould within like the first 10 minutes. And then they just got a taste of popularity with the ballad. And they're like, wait, we got screwed by our record label. Metal Blade made no money for like close to 10 years. If this ballad thing makes us money, and then they're like, "Fuck yeah, put the hammer down on ballads." But they were they great did. ballads. I didn't include them in my favorite Boston bands because for some reason I always forget because they're Western Mass. But Sebado is one of my favorites, and I've had Lou oh. Barlow on the show, and Lou Barlow is probably my version of that with him. Like I love Lou Barlow's voice, and uh, on the episode I have him on, uh, he he. Oh, this is a little bit of trivia. So he warms up his vocals when they're sound checking to a TV theme song. Ooh. Do you know what it oh, is? Oh, you got it. All right. 80s? Maybe even earlier. 80s. And the reason he picks it is because it features his entire vocal range. So it's actually not just because he likes it. It's literally a perfect song for him to warm up to and sound check with. Not the Golden Girls. Nope. Uh, is it sitcom? Uh, oh, um, Jefferson's? Nope. Damn. Good times. Picture, picture Sebado and Lou Barlow. It sounds like a Sebado. Oh, really? Song. Okay. Oh, wow. Oh, hit us, Ken. What is it? Family ties. <laughs> oh, I could see him doing that. That that sounds perfect. That sounds perfect. 
Shalala. I when um I was it was the first time and Ken you can appreciate this it was the first time I ever did a multi week run doing comedy out of town and uh, I was on the West Coast it was when Helium first opened so this is like 2010 2011 in Portland so I flew out to Portland did the week in Portland with uh Tom uh why am I blanking on his name Tom uh Biff from Back to the Future, Tom Wilson, who's oh, Tom the, Wilson. literally the nicest person I've ever worked with ever. Uh, I did the week there, and then I had to drive up to Seattle to do Parlor Live. And you, you're just kind of lonely, and it's weird. You don't know anybody. And I had a rental car, so I didn't have any of my CDs. And, of course, this is before you know all the you know auxiliary stuff and streaming and everything. So I went to a store, and I bought Bake Sale. And I just listened Ugh. to Bake Sale my entire drive from – out to the beach because I drove to Cannon Beach and then up to see the Goonies house and then up to Seattle listening to Bake Sale the entire time. And it's it's an incredible it's great yeah. record. They're, they're Amherst, right? I mean, I know Jay. I mean, uh, yeah. Jay Mask is Amherst. I actually, I went to Amherst for a wedding last year. Oh, Dinosaur Jr. It's not exactly Boston either, but Dinosaur Jr. God, one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, Amherst yeah. as well. Yeah, they're all Western Mass because they were in a hardcore band called yes. Deep Wound yeah. together. Um, I almost went to visit Jay Mask's Jay Mask is childhood i had a few days i'm like i might go visit his childhood home and the thing i love about jay is the biggest oddball ever i remember early on when i was really getting to dinosaur junior early 90s a writer from spin i believe or details went to interview him and he was living in his parents house and his mom answers the door and they're like hi i'm here to uh interview jay and she just like turned around like in a sitcom goes jay Someone's here to interview. Come, just come downstairs. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, com- I'm oh, yeah. coming. Lou, Lou has said this to me where he's like, look, I've known Jay <laughs> probably longer than I've known anyone. I'd probably say he's my best friend. And I'll also say I do not know him well at all. Like he's a huge weirdo and I don't get him. I love it. And he's like, and I've known him for like 40 years. I love it. Right. And that's, that's what I incredible. love about, he's he's just Jay, man. He's just. One of, one of my favorite music videos of all time, like hands down, favorite MTV videos is uh, Feel the Pain, mm-hmm. Dynasty. When the they're golfing? just golfing around yeah. New York or where it's, it's, it's incredible. Type in uh, Jay Mascus buys a Volkswagen into Google. Okay. It's great. Yeah. It's just so yeah. great. I mean, I've been weirdly lucky I've had like almost all my favorite songwriters awesome. on the show, just selfishly. So, Chip, what do you have coming up? I know you have a big February thirteenth show, correct? Yes, um, Valentine's Day Eve. I'm doing a big show with uh, three of my other favorite comedians: James Heskey, Mary Rodzinski, David James. Uh, we are doing. It's going to be hilarious, of course. Uh, it's going to be so much fun, and it's what you can do and come see it for your Valentine's plans. And you don't have to leave your house because, of course, it's on Zoom. So uh, we don't want to get anybody sick. So uh, it's, it's over Zoom. You can check me out just at, at Chip Chantry anywhere. And uh, you can find it. It's called uh, It's Come to This is the name of the show. <laughs> and we're going to do stand-up, and we're going to do some other ridiculous things for about an hour. And uh, live on Zoom. So that's uh, so you can check that out. Is it a show uh, you could bring your sweetheart to, Chip? Like, could I bring Bring your girl? sweetheart. Okay. I wouldn't bring your kids necessarily. No, they no, could no, probably no. deal with no. it, but probably not. Uh uh, but yeah, bring your sweetheart. It is we want people to have their Valentine's Day date, get Chinese food, get pizza, yep. whatever, ordered in, and watch us over the computers. Fantastic, Ken. We can find you. Obviously, you type in anywhere. You type in a TV Guidance Counselor podcast, correct? Yep, yep. Or TV Guidance Counselor dot com. Mm-hmm. 
Um, or I'm at Kenneth W. Reed on everything, or my website is I Can Read, although it's sort of in stasis because stand up isn't really going on. Um, yeah, and then I have my 450th Whoa, episode. Oh, wow. that's fantastic. Special um, guest? Is it a special my, guest for it? Or you... Can I guess? Can I guess? Is, uh, all ten, you won't all get it, ten members of just the ten of us. I think so. No, but I have met them all. <laughs> all right, Chip, you get the guess. Uh, uh, are you wait? Are you going to reveal, or is it a secret so we don't have to? Okay, I can okay, reveal. Yeah, is... no, it's not. It it's not a TV person. It's a musical. Oh, oh. Um, God, uh, is it is it one of the boss towns? No, no, no. All right, it's uh, it's Tyler Spencer, who's also known as Dick Valentine from the band The Electric Six. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, The Electric Six. Yeah, I have one of their CDs up on my my wall here too. That's great. They're fantastic band he's super funny guy like they're if all you know is danger high voltage or gay bar which are great yes. songs uh their rest of their stuff's so good they have a song called down to mcdonald's uh-huh. which you should listen to after this and you will never stop singing all right that's I, I will definitely do that i still remember one of my first comedy shows ever uh i got in the car and my my buddy dan when we were driving to a gig and he he picked me up and uh, the song Gay Bar was just blasting in it. And it is literally one of the catchiest songs I just oh, yeah. that stick in your head that you can literally cannot get rid of. Tyler's really funny. He went to college with the Sklar Brothers. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, really funny, though. Just yeah. Here comes some knowledge. Sklar, Sklar Brothers College. Michigan or Michigan State? One of the two. Michigan, Michigan State, State yes. I believe. Yeah. Yep. There we go. Yeah, they're all from Detroit. He's from Detroit, so yeah. Guys, Ken, thank you so much. This flew by. This was a ton of fun. Um, I'm going to play us out. You can, again, feel free to air guitar, drum, whatever you normally do. I bet we've been together for a million years. And I bet we'll be together for a million more. Oh, it's like I started breathing night we kissed and I can't remember what I Shout out loud.